Welcome back to the Grand Valley Community Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you to meet Jesus and grow in faith. Well, as we mentioned before, this is the first Sunday of the new year, and we're launching into a new sermon series today. Uh, It's one that I've been kind of dreaming of doing for quite a while, and the timing just never seemed right to do it. But we're going to launch into it today, and it's called How to Not Be Lonely. Um, That's right. We're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about community, um, and that's how we're going to start this year off. Now, I want to start us off with a key phrase here. Even though we were made to live in community, we're not automatically good at relationships. Even though we were designed to be to connect with each other, um, sometimes we just, if we admit it, we kind of suck at it sometimes. And so that's what we're going to tackle and what we're going to talk about. But as just a starting point, when we talk about relationships right now, we're talking about any kind of relationship. We're talking about family, friends, maybe your coworkers, your neighbors. We're not specifically talking about like if you're dating or engaged or married, um, but basically everything we talk about does apply to that. Um, and actually right after this sermon series, so in two more weeks, we're going to be launching into a sermon series all about um, marriages and dating and relationships. Uh, and even if you're not married, if you're not um, in a dating relationship, it's still something that you'll want to know. So today we're talking about this topic, this bigger piece of community and relationships and friendships, all because one of the things that we often sometimes recognize about ourselves is that loneliness can sometimes eat at us a bit. Sometimes loneliness can, can creep into our lives in little ways, and it can affect us uh, in bigger ways than we might expect. If you were back here in December when we did a sermon series called Who's Got Time, or a sermon topic called Who's Got Time for Health, we talked about how our health really can be understood in four kind of main broad areas. We have physical health, we have spiritual health, we have emotional, mental health, and we have relational health. And that relational health is what we're going to focus on and talk about today. Because when we're doing poorly in one of those areas, it often affects the other three areas of our life. So that's what we're focusing on. I want to invite you, if you've got a, a phone with you, pull up the Version Bible app, search for Grand Valley, and you can join in to the conversation through there. And I've got a couple of questions and some things on there you'll want to see. So our starting point, even though we were made to live in community, we're not automatically good at relationships. So how do we get better at relationships? How do we find community, not just you know, people to be around, but how do we find a community of meaningful and genuine relationships? Now, maybe this is just me, but I always try to tackle everything by learning more. I like to learn, and so, because I'm the one talking, that's where you're coming with me. And we're going to learn about this together and move forward. Now, one of the main things that, that always pops up whenever you talk about community is this key phrase. Community doesn't just happen. Community happens through two things, proximity and frequency. So that's what we're going to focus on. Now, proximity. Proximity means how close are we to someone. So right now, in, if, if we were to talk about proximity, I'm closer in proximity to Gerald right now than I am to Drew off in the corner. And when the service ends and I kind of go there and I take off my microphone, it's more likely that I'm going to be able to talk with someone that's in proximity around me than I am to like catch Drew before he's off chasing his kids around. Because that's, you know, that's our church. We chase kids around. Because um, they're always running everywhere. And that's wonderful. But proximity means, are we around people? 
Are we around people in ways that there's a possibility of building a friendship? Because if we're never in proximity with people, our opportunities to start building a friendship, to start building a relationship with someone are very small. Now, it's more than just where do you sit on a Sunday, but are we in places where we can engage and interact with people? Now, one of the things, the examples that comes from scriptures about this is when you start looking at how Jesus lived his life, you can start seeing these things pop up. I'm just going to go to two examples really quickly. The first one here comes from John 4. Now, this is early on in Jesus' ministry. Um, And so Jesus and his disciples leave Judea and they return to Galilee, but they have to go through this place called Samaria. Now, Samaritans uh, and Jews were a little bit more than Manitoba and Saskatchewan, where we kind of don't like each other. You know, we just pretend and we make jokes about it. When we talk about Judea and Samaria, they actually didn't like each other. Like they, you know, would go, you'd go out of your way to not encounter a Samaritan if you were a Jew uh, and vice versa. So Jesus and his disciples come to this Samaritan village and they come to this place where there's a well and Jesus, the disciples get sent off into town to go buy food for them. And what does Jesus do? He goes and he sits himself right at the town well in the middle of the day. Now, the town well is where everyone has to come to get water. Remember, this is an arid, you know, desert-like climate. So Jesus goes there. And this verse 7, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Jesus put himself in a place where he would have to interact with people. Now, if you go on and you read more of this, you start realizing, you know, she's shocked at first. Why are you talking to me? Um, And then Jesus uses this as an opportunity. He actually tells her about eternal life. He tells her about living water that comes from God, that if she drinks of it, she'll never be thirsty again. And then we start realizing, as we hear more of her story, she's the social outcast in this town. But that's who Jesus put himself in proximity with to be able to connect with her. Um, Elsewhere, near the beginning of his ministry, when Jesus was still calling his disciples There's this time period where one of his disciples he calls is a tax collector. Now, tax collectors, again, in this time and during this this day and age, when Jesus was around, tax collectors were like, you know, one step away from organized crime. They basically were a racketeering organization. And so Jesus, Matthew, invites Jesus and his disciples to come into his home as dinner guests. And he also invites his whole group of friends, his community, which is all tax collectors, and as scripture puts it, and other disreputable sinners. This is who Jesus wants to be with. So he takes this invite, goes along with Matthew, goes, meets all his friends, and then the Pharisees, they were these, you know, teachers of the religious law that, you know, were trying to be everything really strict and by the book. They ask Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? And and I'm almost wondering sometimes if this language in Scripture has been toned down a little bit based on what we know of the relationship between the tax collectors and the Pharisees. And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Jesus put himself in proximity with the people that he wanted to encounter. So proximity is this piece of how do we put ourselves in places or in positions where we actually have the opportunity to connect with people, where we have this opportunity. Now, proximity is just the first half of it. Because I said there's two things. There's proximity and frequency. 
Now, Nikki and I, we moved into a new neighborhood about a year and a half ago. Uh, and so we've got houses on both sides and across the street. And even though we're in close proximity with our neighbors, there's really only one couple that we've started to get to know. You know, we're in proximity with the people, you know, across the street. And, you know, we know enough to wave and say hi. You know, you chat about the weather or, you know, the, the neighborly thing you do. But even though we're in proximity, we haven't had the frequency to be able to develop, you know, a closer connection with our neighbors yet. You know, it's something we're still working on. So frequency means how often are we in contact with each other? How often is there opportunities for us to meet? And again, we see this in Jesus' life. With his disciples who he called, he spent three years exclusively with them. They traveled together. They would have camped together on the side of the roads as they were going from place to place. They did everything together. You know, that's a picture of an intense type of frequency of relationship where his disciples got to see everything that Jesus did firsthand. And that's why they built such a deep connection. And if you think about it, the same thing, you know, if, if you go and you do something intensively with someone where you're spending a lot of time together, maybe you're working on the same project, you build a deeper connection through that shared experience, through being in close proximity and through having a high frequency of spending time together. That's why we often become friends with our coworkers, because we see them every day. We spend lots of time together. We're in proximity. We're in frequency. There's repetition. And then that's where those opportunities happen, where you start realizing, hey, maybe we have some shared interests. Maybe, you know, we have some more things in common than we thought we did. And you can start building that connection. That's that starting point of finding community. Because when we have proximity and frequency, when we start to have shared experiences, when we spend time together, that's when that meaningful relationship piece can start to form. When we start, someday someone goes a little deeper and actually says, you know, I'm having a really difficult time right now and there's this situation I'm struggling with. And then you talk about it and you care for each other. And maybe you give them some advice. And, and that whole piece of as, when someone takes that step of vulnerability, that's when that true meaningful friendship starts growing into something more. And a community is, is a network of that happening on a larger scale. Now, one of the things that we often talk about here is we talk about things like, hey, so we have small groups, and small groups are a great way to get connected. And there's a reason why. Because things like small groups and being involved are the fast lane to finding community. When you make a commitment to say, hey, yeah, we're going to show up at someone's house together every week and we're going to spend time sharing about you know, what's good happening in our lives, what's not so good. We're going to spend time studying scripture. We're going to spend time reading. We're going to spend time praying. Those are the kinds of things that just, it's like an accelerant to a friendship. You know, same thing with getting involved. And one of the things that we do around here every year, and I, I was trying to have the dates for family camp already, but as soon as I have the dates when family camp will be, I'll share them because family camp is this time when we take a whole bunch of us and we say, hey, whoever wants to come, let's go to an island where it's gorgeous and beautiful and tons of fun and let's spend a week together. And the connections and the friendships that get formed through there, I mean, you, we can do more in five days together than we could do in years together in terms of building connections with one another. See, community requires this intentional time, this intentional effort of spending time together. And so here's the first question I want to ask. What's my next step 
you know, asking this question for yourself. What's my next step to become more involved in community with other people? Maybe it connects to that frequency, proximity. Um, you can click the link in the version event. You can fill out the little form there, and it'll pop up on my screen in just a moment. See, but when we talk about finding community, we're not just talking about finding community with each other. Because there's another key kind of reality that we face on a daily basis. Even though we were made to live in community with God, we're not automatically good at relating to him. And that's because there's things that separate us from God. There's barriers that we may put up, um, but that need to be overcome in order for us to have a deeper connection with God. And guess what? Being close with God doesn't just happen, but there's two key things we can focus on. Being close to God happens, again, through proximity and through frequency. If we want to grow in our faith, if we want to grow in our relationship with God, We've got to do the same two things, proximity and frequency. So what is, now, what does proximity with God look like? When we talk about proximity with God, we're saying, are we putting ourselves in places where we have the opportunity to encounter God? Now, I'm not just talking physically, but hey, we're all here. We're gathered here together on a Sunday because we want to connect with each other. We want to connect with God. We want to be led in worship. We want to have conversations with people. This is an amazing starting point. But proximity with God isn't just church. Proximity with God is also, you know, basically exactly what Teresa was talking about up here with the big kids. It's saying, are we spending time, you know, trying to read God's word and learning from his, learning from scripture? Are we spending time in prayer? Are we spending time serving one another? You know, and even it can come down to what's the media we consume? You know, what's the music we choose to listen to? Or the books we read? Or for me, I love listening to podcasts rather than just throwing the radio on. You know, am I listening to podcasts that actually draw me closer to God? And then here's the big one. When we want to spend time in proximity with God, spending time with other people who are following Jesus. You know, look for someone who you might say, hey, maybe they actually understand this more than I do. How do I learn from them? You know, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but hey, small groups. It's an awesome way to do that. Or maybe you say to some, you know, someone you know that, that maybe has been a follower of Christ for a while and you say, hey, what does your faith mean to you? How, how, do, how do I start to learn and grow and experience what you have? There's a passage of scripture I want to take us to, Hebrews 11, uh, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews 11 is this passage that, that is kind of called the Hall of Faith. And it goes through all these Old Testament characters and, and just reminds us of the faith that they had. And so it says this, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, anyone who wants to come to God, must believe that God exists and that God rewards those who sincerely seek him. And if you go on through this passage and you go on through what Hebrews is talking about as a whole, when it talks about this place that God rewards those who sincerely seek him, the constant message in Scripture is that God rewards us with himself. That he desires to draw us closer to him. So if we want to 
draw closer to God, we already know that he's trying to draw closer to us. He's already trying to reach out to us. That's one of the you know, ongoing promises of Scripture. So there's the proximity piece with God. But again, we have to talk about frequency. Doing something once isn't going to be enough. Even once a week, it's a great start. But it's not going to take us where we want to go. If we want to be real about saying, I want to grow in my faith. And, and last week we were talking about what are some of your goals in your relationship with God for 2018? And there's a, a lot of us said, we want to grow deeper in our walk with God. You know, here's the challenge for us. This is something that we have to try to do daily. Psalm 143, verse 8, David writes this. He says, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Even David, Scripture calls him the man after God's own heart, you know, led the Israelites for a huge portion of time. Even David says, let me hear of your love each morning. He needed a daily reminder of God's love for him. And so here's the second question to ask. What's my next step to become more involved in my relationship with Jesus? Because if we're looking for community, one of these isn't going to solve the other. Having great community with each other isn't going to solve our need to be in relationship with God. And having a great relationship with God isn't going to solve our need to be in community with each other as well. And so usually we've got three questions. Today we've just got two. And so I want to pass this off to you for a moment and say, as you look at these two questions, what stands out to you? Um, What maybe grabs your attention and says, yeah, you know, this is what I think I want to work on in that Uh, And if you're typing something in, it'll still pop up here. So let me just share some of these as a conversation starter. On the first one, what's my next step to become more involved in community? Um, Someone said, I'm going to make a plan to have someone over for dinner. Yeah, invite someone into your home. Um, My next step would be to find individuals who I can be open and honest with and allow them to do the same with me. People that will challenge me in ways I haven't yet seen for myself. You know, become more involved in our church community, put myself out there for others, basically saying, put myself in a place to connect with others. And so, how do we get more involved in that? Maybe you can just speak up and and try to be brief, and I'll repeat it so everyone can hear, but maybe for you, what's the next step you want to take to become more involved in community? Someone's got to go first. Yeah. Getting more involved in the organization, you know, volunteering or whatever it might be is a great way of finding community. You know, I've never had the experience of actually having to, like, move to a completely new city and, like, start fresh. But those of you who've done that or those of you that have like done it across countries, I'm just like, I don't get it. How challenging and how hard that must be to find community in a place where you don't have any natural connecting points yet. You know, that's why, you know, it's part of why I believe the church is so important of being a place that's open and welcoming for people to find that. So how about let's move to the second question. What's my next step to become more involved in my relationship with Jesus? Um, And uh, all three of the responses that came in here start with the same thing. Spend more time in Scripture. Spending more time in the Bible. 
Um, and the first one says, you know, not reading it as a chore to check off my list, but as a discipline to continually grow. Um, and then another one that, um, thanks for whoever's posting this to be this honest, to say, finding and dealing with what's keeping me from God and changing my views of God to understand that he wants a relationship with me. So what, what else thoughts come to your mind when you say, what would be the next step for me to become more involved in my relationship with God? Well, I mean, let's, let's start with the first thing. You know, choosing to pray every day, that's an awesome first step. And, and saying this specifically, this, this, you know, like a meditative or a listening prayer, you know, maybe start with a passage of Scripture and, you know, read a, read a psalm and just ask God, okay, what do I need to learn from this psalm today? And just, you know, just focus on, you know, one little piece rather than just, hey, wherever am I going to go? That, that's maybe one way of, of starting that, of just, you know, take like five or six verses out of a psalm and read it over a couple times, and then just sit and say, okay, what, God, what do, you want to stand, what do you want to stand up and rise out of this for me? You know, that, maybe that's a way that it can help as a starting point. Um, what else? You know, what else is, a, a, you know, for you, what's your next step to grow in your walk with God? Yeah, exactly that point of saying that, that um, I'll just repeat a bit of what Gerald said there, was saying that uh, understanding that that next step, that, you know, spending time praying, you know, reading together, growing, is something best done in community. Like, when you do that with other people. Because we were never meant to follow God alone. We were meant to follow God together. You know, um, next week we're going to be talking a bit more about this uh, kind of almost like how do we keep community? How do we... Um, how do we deal with some of the conflicts and the issues that always happens? Because let's be honest, we all have messes, we all have junks, we can all think of times when we've done something that's, you know, wrecked a relationship or harmed it in some way. And so we're going to talk about that. And, and just maybe as a sneak peek, there's uh, about 31 passages throughout the New Testament that talk about each other, that talk about something we need to do you know, for or with each other. And we're going to focus on some of those next week. But exactly that point of how do we do this together? How do we study scripture together? How do we pray together? Because when we do those things with each other, it, it accelerates um, how, how we can grow in our walk with God. Now, I want to add one more thing. Because we talked about proximity and frequency. We talked about this in terms of our relationship with each other and also with our relationship with God. But I want to add one more, and maybe this is a starting point, something you can try this week, is we also need to sometimes learn more about ourselves. See, God didn't 
create all of us to be identical. Frankly, that's not a world I would want to live in if we were all identical. God wired each one of us in unique uh, and specific ways. And sometimes learning how we can relate with each other can start with learning more about ourselves. And there's, there's tons of ways of how do we grow in our self-awareness? How do we grow in understanding who God created us to be? And I want to give you one little simple tool that you can try. Um, and maybe some of you have done things like, you know, like, a, like an actual you know, personality profile or a testing of saying, how do I understand the way that God wired me to be? And I, I don't really mean the, like, which Disney character are you that pops up on Facebook? You know, those things don't really work. Um, but I want to recommend one to you. Uh, and it's, it's actually, it's an online web one called 16personalities.com. And it's based on uh, the Myers-Briggs type inventory. If, you, you know, if you've ever studied psychology or anything like that, you've come up to it. And what 16 personalities does is it's a little kind of, you sit down at your computer and you do a little kind of inventory and it asks you questions, you know, how, would, how do you describe yourself or which set of these words is most accurate to describe yourself? Um, and what it does at the end is it generates a profile report and says, you know, on, based on these four scales, these are one of the 16 personalities that we think closely matches you. Now, here's the caveat. Sometimes they don't get it all right. You might read through it and you might go, this is totally wrong. And then I'd probably say, okay, did you do it at 11 o'clock at night when you were exhausted and tired? So try to do this, you know, at a time when you're well-rested, when you're not under like a ton of extra like work or family stress, and try to do it in one sitting. Like if you stop and then come back to it later, it's not really going to be as accurate as it could be. And what this can do is just help you understand ourselves. You know, one of the things for me... um, you guys have probably all pegged that I'm more extroverted than I'm introverted. You know, most of you know that my second office is actually Starbucks because if you coop me in an office with no one around, that's about the worst punishment you can do to me. Um, and so I go and, you know, sit where I'm just around people. I mean, even if I'm not interacting with them, I just want to be around people. Um, I actually used to think that I was more introverted than I was extroverted. Um, and this actually was one of those things when I first did this, I realizing, wait, wait a second, maybe this is more how God wired me. And part of it, too, is that our personalities and, and who God wired us and made us to be isn't something that's concrete and fixed. You know, who we are, you know, 10 years ago and who we are now isn't always the same person. So, Uh, I just want to toss this out as something that you could try to do. Now, one little recommendation is at the end of the report, it's going to say, hey, you could buy your premium report. Don't bother. Um, The free one they give you actually has all the info you need. Like, the premium report is just not worth it. Uh, But here's what you can do with it. Is when you go through this and you read through it, some of the sentences and ways that it describes, you might go, wow, that's exactly me. Some of it you might go, eh, I don't know about that. But then a week from now, you might realize, wait a second, that is who I am. <laughs> or maybe we didn't recognize it. But talk with someone about it. You know, maybe if, you know, if, you're, if you're married, you know, both of you do this and then compare them. And you might find some interesting things about your relationship out that way. Or maybe this is something you could do as a small group where you come and you say, okay, you know, who's what? And the point is, no personality is better than any other. What it is, is it helps us understand how we interact with each other. Because one of the things that's interesting um, is sometimes 
people that are exactly like us, we might get along better or we might completely not. And so those are things that we need to say, how do we figure this out? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly it. And as that's why, you know, as you go through it, how we perceive ourselves might be different than how someone else perceives us. So don't, when you go through it, you can't say, you know what, I'd like to be more charming and engaging. So I'm going to select I'm that one. You're not going to get a good result. Well, you might get a result that you think is good, but everyone looks at you and goes, yeah, no, you need to redo that. that that's, again, why it helps to check with someone. Because here's, here's the ending point. If we want to relate with God, if we want to relate with community, we have to put ourselves out there. We have to take a step forward. Sometimes that's through proximity, through frequency, through being vulnerable, through being humble. But when we know ourselves, when we understand how God created us to be who we are, that can help us take those steps forward. It can help us, you know, maybe find a connection with someone that we didn't know. And so, my hope with this sermon series, we're not going to solve every single relational concept and topic in two weeks. You know, I'm not that full of hubris to think that we could do that here. But I want to give us a starting point. That as we go into this year, that we could have an eye and a focus towards how do we connect deeper with each other? And really, how do we connect deeper with God? Because that's what we're ultimately here for. To be the church. To be connected to each other. To be connected to God. And to do and be who God has created us to be in this world. So, this week, maybe that's a challenge you can take. Maybe there are some questions that might rattle around in your brain. And I hope that you'll engage with them. I hope that they'll challenge you. And so as we go from this place, let me offer you these words as a blessing. God, may you reveal yourself to us. May you show us the places of our lives where you want to meet our needs for community, where you want to meet our needs for relationships, and where you want to meet those needs with yourself. God, I pray that you would help us as a community of faith be open to building friendships and relationships with each other, that we would become more tightly knit as a body of Christ that we could be an example of who you are to the world around us. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen? Amen. Have a great week, folks. We hope this message helps you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information about us, visit gvccbrandon.ca.